Blog Talk Radio. Awesome sport 
going to be competing against NXT in their very first show is coming up soon, folks. October 2nd, 2019. Before I get into their loveliness, um, NXT. You know, the black and gold brand is very near and dear to me heart. You know why? Uh, It was truly once upon a time. Not to make this about me, but tried out, failed, got an opportunity to be an extra, long story short. NXT this weekend in Toronto was the bomb diggity, okay? You had to start off the night, and I mean, it was the North American Championship, though. It was the women's championship between Baszler and me again. No. <laughs> Let's see what I'm missing. Actually, folks, I can pull up the card here. Even though it's sad because I actually did watch this. Okay. Takeover took place from the Scotia to Arena. NXT Takeover results. Okay. Take over Toronto 2019 results. Yes, I did watch it, folks. Okay, so I'm going to start backwards just to, you know, fill in dead air time. We're going to start with the women's championship match between Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim. Now, the background on this match is that Mia Yim had always been tortured, always been tortured by Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Yasmin Duke. So she took them out before the fight even began, you know, with Shayna and her at Toronto Takeover. And I got to say, I was impressed, color me impressed with Mia Yim to go one-on-one with the uh, Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Lady Lynn, what was your take on that match? D-Train, I just got to say, the HBIC versus the Submission Magician. That was one hell of a match, and that's something that I don't think you can duplicate more than once. So I gotta say, that was that was a hell of a match for me, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> that was pure genius on the part of the Queen of Spades using her legs to form the submission hold that took out Mia Yim. Well, folks, granted, you know Mia Yim had a blue thunder, uh, blue thunderbomb powerbomb. Off the top rope, so code blue. Um, she hit a Canadian destroyer. Apparently, in Marvinello's neck of the woods, there is more than just one malfunction at the junction. God bless Marvinello. Uh, okay, so going in order, folks. Okay, we we do realize, you know, Mia Yim did put up a one hell of a fight against Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion. Um, so NXT Takeover, the Street Profits. I got to say, I I don't – it's amazing to me how these two put on a hell of a title retaining against a team like the likes of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I was surprised. I mean, I thought Undisputed would be draped in gold. I guess we're going to have to wait till Survivor Series takeover in Chicago. Uh, It just amazes me how some – you know, a part of me believes that – Undisputed is kind of going through a drought right now, but uh, I think Dawkins 
and Ford, I mean, they have proven their worth time and time again. You know, each takeover, they've gotten stronger. And they surprised a lot of the NXT universe when they did retain their championships. I got to say, Lady Lynn, I mean, I'm, I was shocked that, you know, no pun intended, it was shocking the system to me that Ford and Dawkins actually managed to retain their chain, their tag team gold against Undisputed Era. So what was your thoughts on that match? <laughs> Clever take on the pun, D-Train. But, yeah, it was a shock to the system, all right. Dawkins and Ford, you know, you, you got to give those two some credit. They, they're uh, – they know what they're doing in that ring. They know they know what they're doing in that squared circle. I mean, I thought like the rest of the NXT universe that uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly for sure would be taking the tag team goals, but I was muy shocked when uh, I was muy shocked when the Street Profits managed to hold on to the titles for a little bit longer. I mean, it is like they—they they, to me remind me of like a combination of uh, Harlem Heat and Crime Time. If that gimmick was to have a love child, you'd have the Street Profits. And kudos to you guys—you retain the championships. Now moving forward, this is one of my favorite matches on the card. I think it was a very underrated match, in my opinion. Uh, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. Um, Boy, you know, you want to talk about a turn of events. I think that um, Io Shirai doesn't know anybody explanations, Lady Lynn, but I can understand why she wants to be the Lone Ranger, you know, the one that wants to be independent so that she eventually can become the soon-to-be NXT Women's Champion. I think that she's the only threat to Shayna Baszler. No, I take that back. Mia Yim has proven, you know, that she is a threat to that championship. So you could have eventually folks a fatal four-way in the near future for the women's championship. And I'm going to say this right now. I hope I'm giving you ideas, WWE. Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Shayna Baszler. I can see that happening at Chicago TakeOver uh, because this match, it was so many, it was so back and forth. You know, from the very opening bell, the mid-match, to the fucking end of this shit. Why? I mean, these women put on one hell of a show. And I am referring to Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. Io Shirai's story goes, he had a cage match versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, Candice came down to help Io Shirai. But I guess Io really doesn't want help. <laughs> and that's what spawned this rivalry, which is magnificent. Folks, I hate to say be like the... Aries of NXT. If you don't know your mythology, you really need to fucking read school. School bitches, read your read your Greek mythology. Yes, it is a part of your curriculum, and yes, it'll bore you some of you to tears who don't have fucking imagination. But if you get my drift, I would not mind a war between these two women and then some, because you know what it's going to culminate into. Mama effing Mia. I cannot wait to see this shit go down the tube. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta give Candace some credit. She, she's one tough bitch. I mean, she may, she may be draped in 
rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and what have you. But when it when it gets down to brass tacks, she she's hard to she's hard to beat. And then we saw the King of Bros and Killian Dane. I haven't seen this fight, you know, in a long while in WWE, folks. And yes, I'm not referring to the main roster with Seth Rollins and Lesnar, or Seth Rollins and anyone, or for that matter, uh, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. It's just amazing, you know, the chemistry that the Killian Dane and the King of Bros has. But uh, Matt Riddle really, really wanted to face Killian Dane. Speaking of Riddle, uh, the King of Bros and Goldberg. Uh, you know, shit happens, folks. I'm not going to get into that just yet. But, um, yeah, that's, I don't know why that match was not added to the card. There was a five-match card to begin with. So, okay, the North American Championship, you want to talk about a match, actually a triple threat worth your while? You had the Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. Now, granted, the Velveteen Dream did play the stroke of genius, you know, during the match when Pete Dunne, end of days, or not end of days, but whatever his finishing maneuver is called. The bitter end. I'm sorry. The bitter end. Thank you. I didn't want to be like Michael Cole. That's why I did that. (laughs) Nobody wants to be like Michael Cole. (laughs) You know, we'll get to him later, but, you know, we're not going to make the entire broadcast about a broadcast or color commentator. But anyways, this match had so many back and forth, it's kind of hard to report or write in the notes, you know, how do you report this match, basically? I mean, it was not a clusterfuck, but Jesus Christ, Pete Dunne made a few wishes, but I mean breaking bones and making a wishbone out of someone's fingers. This guy, the bruiser weight, as he has been deemed, I mean, he almost held the... NXT UK Championship for almost two years, folks. So that's a record in itself. Um, he came close to winning the North American Championship, but close only counts in horseshoes and cigars. Um, so, <laughs> Velveteen Dream, his entrance, you know, from entrance to the curtain, you know, the whole Toronto Raptors cheer section or whatever came out and did his entrance thing or the Mounties, whatever. I'm going to say it. Every single entrance he does at, at TakeOver is my goodness, dude. I love you to pieces, Dream. You are amazing. Keep it up. Love you to death for what you do in professional wrestling. And, my God, what a match you three put on. I have mad respect for all three of you gentlemen. Um, wow. Word really cannot convey how amazing that match was. I mean, you pretty much summed up everything I would have said and then some. So, I was just, I was just gonna go ahead and say, yeah, good job, guys, and congrats Dream for retaining your title. Dream lives on. They went over the women's championship match, but uh, here's, the, here's one, folks, for you all. Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano I'm going to just point this out. Um, What a match. You know, it's two out of three falls. Your first match is straight up wrestling. So Adam Cole loses by DQ because Gargano realized the second fall was a street fight. And William Regal unveiled, folks, 
uh, at TakeOver Toronto that the third fall, if it came to it, which we all know it would, would be an asylum match. I have not seen an asylum match since 2004. And it actually was coined by Finley and Bischoff back in the uh, post-attitude era days, the ruthless aggression era, if you will. It was a match that includes barbed wire on top, you know, uh, sledgehammer, steel chairs, kendo sticks. I mean, these two looked like kids in the candy store when they were grabbing the weaponry and, you know, making the most of what they had during the match. Um, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, as I said earlier on Attitude Air Live's podcast, you have to tell a fucking story. If you don't tell a story, your match seems fucking pointless. Okay. And to me, I didn't care who won. I didn't even realize the match went an hour on the third fall. To tell you the truth, the match was so good. If if you do it right, the third fall is supposed to go by quickly, but you got to tell the fans a fucking story. Kudos to you, Gargano and Cole. Wow. Just fucking wow. They told a story, all right. They told one hell of a story, D-Train. I mean, <laughs> Gargano looked very comfortable when that cage was lowered down. But uh, I don't know. Cole kind of seemed like he was a little bit, I, oh, shit, what have I got myself into? And especially that way when uh, Gargano had the uh, bolt cutters and was snipping down barbed wire. <laughs> I mean, folks, like most people were saying on our Instagram, Lady Lynn, before the show, do you think they should have bladed? And I said, look, to tell you the truth as a former worker, I don't know everything, but in that instant, it's great to tease it instead of, you know, let's let's just blade right away. If you ever seen barbed wire? Look, I don't think the NXT audience wouldn't mind a little blood and guts and glory. But at the same fucking time, I didn't care who won. My respect level for Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. I'm not a big Adam Cole fan. Gasp. Shocker. Here's the thing why. I don't follow fucking trendy bullshit. Do you know why? Because I like being the guy that sits there in the audience when Undisputed lost that entire night. And said, gee, you know, I like being the fan that cheers for whomever is against Undisputed. Why? Because it's so confusing to me how they can get both boos and cheers. Point is, I guess some people are going to tell me, well, they get, they get a reaction. Yeah, they do. That's the fucking point. But anyways, past the uh, mini rant. Trust me, I could go on and on. <laughs> I have mad respect for those two because they told us a fucking story that did not make me want to jump out of my seat and throw a remote because sometimes main roster tends to do that. And now, folks, let's see here. Um, Now that I got two screen, split screens here. Oh, 40 minutes. Well, this is fucking perfect. This gives me enough time to um, segue into, I don't know, 
SummerSlam. <laughs> the biggest party of the year was also in, well, Toronto. And let me tell you, it was the first SummerSlam since 2011 or two th- whenever that we actually can say it was a decent SummerSlam. So, oh, geez, Louise, I just read, Lady Lynn, that Brock Lesnar is headed to SmackDown Live. What in the actual fuck? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I hope that they do have New Day to back up Kofi, but I just, I don't think this is great. Um, I can read the results in my head when let me read through the SummerSlam results. Let's, uh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so Natalia and Becky Lynch had a submission match. And majority of the roster did retain uh, their championships. So if I'm going to grade the entire SummerSlam pay-per-view, okay, Gulak defeat Orny Lorcan for pinfall. Buddy Murphy beat Apollo Crews via DQ because he ran his mouth about what happened to Roman Reigns and I did, I don't know folks keep my name out of your mouth is what Rowan told poor Buddy Murphy but you know what I mean okay so Edge came in the ring during the kickoff show and folks let me just explain how much this is so cool Edge basically Beard Elias because Elias runs his mouth and it was funny as fuck. The women's tag team championship <laughs> match on the kickoff show. Yeah, uh, let's see. They beat the Iconics. Thank you, Lord. There is a God in this world. Uh, oh, thank so, you, Yeah, thank you, Jeebus, Jesus, whatever. Uh, praise, whatever religion you believe in. I'm sorry to offend you, but actually, no, I'm not. Because religion is not a part of my fucking show, and you can kiss my hairy ass if you think I care. <laughs> so Alexa Bliss, or as Nikki likes to bless Alexa, that's just, you know, she she's very religious. She's very religious, so she likes to bless Alexa. All right, so those Alexa two retain the... Blessed. Well, yes, I agree. I completely agree. So... Oh, lovely. Look at this. Goldberg defeats Ziggler. Well, and, you know, Ziggler's gone off his rocker. It was kind of, well, it gave the match a D. Look, I didn't care. As long as that idiot lost the match, I'm happy. I, I've never really, I don't know, folks. There's times where I got behind Ziggler's career, and then there's times where not really. Uh, Drake, uh, Jesus. Drake. Pumps in New Day, so okay. United States Championship, AJ Styles beat Ricochet. I'm sorry, folks, I kind of fell asleep during some of this. SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey beat Ember Moon. That was a very good, decent match. It was okay, not the greatest. Kevin Owens beat Shane McMahon. There's JR would have said, there is a God in this world. Hopefully he stays in the back where he belongs and doesn't come out of retirement yet again. Um, Charlotte Flair beat Trish Stratus. Now, Lady Lynn and I both agree. What a match. 
very back and forth. Trish Stratus hit the Stratisfaction. Charlotte kicks out. Um, at one point, you saw Trish giving Charlotte the figure eight, and she did get into a bridge. Um, there's just so many great moments in that match, and I'm glad what they give the match. They gave it a B. What is wrong with you, CBS Sports? You asked that. Match a B. I think that match they should gave have had it at least an A minus. A minus at that. What kind of critics sit there and be like, oh, well, it wasn't all that. Why? Because Trish didn't win in her hometown. Give me a fucking break. You know, sacrifices be sacrifices, folks, to give us what I'm going to say next. Uh, they yeah, can't all Kofi win in their hometown. Exactly. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Jesus. I'll get into that during my rant. I'm not even going to review that match because it was highly disappointing. And, yes, this grade makes sense. It gave it a C-. minus. Thank you. Okay. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, beat Finn Balor, Pintfall. Okay. There's one or two things I like about Bray Wyatt. One, he brings about presence like The Undertaker um, in the sense that he had a creepy lantern, you know, the former face of Bray Wyatt strapped to it. That was badass. Love the fact that, you know, they give him the win against Finn Balor. I like Finn, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you build him up, you build him up, and you give him what he deserves, and that's recognition and not only that but his character man it screams all kinds of creepy and it's perfect because Halloween's right around the corner and not just that I think his fucking creepy ass gimmick actually fits him way better than his uh, serial killer Charles Manson gimmick of uh, Bray Wyatt so it's an even creepier serial serial killer type thing Uh, he looks and it feels like uh, he is going to dominate 2019 and early 2020. I actually see him possibly winning the championship away from Seth. Not now, but later on. And that would actually be not a bad thing for Bray. That would not be a bad thing for the Fiend, for Bray Wyatt, whatever you call him, B-Train, because I don't believe he's held a championship for quite a while, has he? The only title that he held was when, and this is why I don't really pertain to John Cena, and I know he gets a lot of flack, but um, no, it was not your idea for him to go over. And if it was your idea, here's my focus. Here's my tangent that I'm going to go Bray Wyatt held the championship. Oh, yes. The United States champions. They did the Samoa Joe treatment they're doing right now is a U.S. championship here. Um, I don't think he's Bray Wyatt straight away from winning titles. That's not the point. I think it'd be great for his career because people will always criticize him for what he's not and what he could have been. Back at WrestleMania 30, John Cena, you did not put him over. Was it your, you know, mission to do that? Because, no. I'm just going to leave it at this. Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, or whomever he goes by, is definitely going to be draped in championship gold. And unlike Undisputed Era, it isn't just one champion that they're relying upon, okay? 
Yes, boys. It is Adam Cole Appreciation Day. Blah, vomit, puke. Mr. Adam hey. Cole, baby, folks. Let me just point this out, folks. I am not, because you guys are sending me hate messages on Instagram. Here's what I can back this up with. The man is so popular that he gets booed and cheered at the same fucking time, so you can't differentiate the difference between heel and babyface. They might as well say NWO slash Four Horsemen slash DX, because that's what it looks like to me in the format of their gimmick. Without Adam Cole, that group does not exist. So, you tell he told the world that they would be draped in gold. I still don't see them draped completely entirely in gold. And that includes the likes of Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly. It also includes the likes of Roderick Strong. So, who dropped the ball? All of them did. Except for Adam Cole, who got fortunate that he cross-bodied Johnny Gargano. And pin them one, two, three. And folks, quit making me go backwards, please. I hate multitasking sometimes, especially when I have to work in the fucking morning. All right? I know you guys want to play troll on Instagram, but now is not the fucking time to do it. I mean, I'll be more awake in the morning, you know, when I... Okay, my morning is like 6.30 p.m., actually 5.30 p.m. That's just my morning, all right? I'm half awake, half asleep. You know, the day job that I work But anyways, long story short Okay Long story short Adam Cole, baby Is not my forte And yes, I did rhyme that, baby <laughs> Everyone has a choice, dude I'm not a big fan So please drop the issue Or you're going to get blocked I guess you chose to be blocked Thank you, you made my job easy, Irwin Alright Universal Championship, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, thank you, Seth. Thank you so much for winning back <laughs> the Universal Championship. Yeah, because the ratings would have dropped further if Mr. Lesnar were to try his hand at retaining that championship. Your offense is the fucking same. Shoulder thrust, shoulder thrust, shoulder thrust. Belly to backs. No, you don't even do that. German suplex on the floor, throwing guys in the barricades, and then getting your ass handed to you just a little bit so that the offense can show from the opponent like Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins. Took a minute for the sequence to start gaining steam, but my favorite lady win was the I go into the corner, or Seth goes into the corner. Brock comes chasing after Mrs. Wildly with his attempted spear. Uh, and then an attempted F5 draw super kick. Again, it took maybe, yeah, it took three curb stomps to burn it down and basically end the tyranny that is or was Brock Lesnar's championship. And thank you. Thank you, you're going to SmackDown Live because I don't think any of us wanted you on Monday Night Raw. And speaking of Monday Night Raw, it was three hours long, folks. But uh, before I get into things, it was also in Toronto, Ontario, in the Scotia Center. Oh, goodness. Let's just get to the good part, shall we? Bosstown bitches. Sasha Banks. Where you been, lady? Even though I really don't care for you and your trifling ass. 
I'm so glad you're back because that means Lacey Evans can take a back seat for now. We don't know if they're actually going to utilize that trifling idiot. And yes, I'm saying trifling because she is trifling. That was the highlight of Monday Night Raw aside from, um, well, Elias becoming the 24-7 champion yet again. They I don't say know that was his. They said that was his they, third time. Yeah, third time. I mean, this championship is a joke. Let's let's just face it. Um. So, <laughs> there's a few things that I'm going to highlight on Monday Night Raw. Let's see. Um. Aside from Sasha's surprise return. The fact that Seth Rollins kicked off the night and said, I'll face whomever, whenever. Uh, you know, okay. Ricochet went one-on-one again. Andrade and Almas beat Rey Mysterio again. But, you know, Raw's gotten significantly better than what it used to be. And possibly because Heyman is running the show and writing the stuff and making things more crisp. Samoa Joe beat Sami Zayn. Might as well call every match Sami Zayn has been a part of a squash match. McIntyre went back and forth with Cedric Alexander, David versus Goliath, except for unfortunately uh, Goliath won this war against the David. A Claremore kick. Hang on, I'm not going to sell my Michael. Out of nowhere! It seems to be Michael Cole's calling card. Let me explain something to you, sir. It's so funny that, you know, you, he just, I think it's it's hilarious to me. Out of all the announced team, you know, between him and Renee and Corey, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be a team of announcers that can coexist quite harmoniously with one another. Um, from what I've seen, you're, you're interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Was there something wrong with the feed, Michael? Because you looked really – he looked upset when he was interviewing Stone Cold. I mean, if there's one person that should always be interviewing Stone Cold, it either is Jerry the King Waller or Jim Ross. And I'll say it nicely. There's some – points where I can criticize, you know, his work. I'm pretty sure he's going to look, well, you can criticize because you're just a podcast, Mark. No, sir, I'm more than just a Mark. I'm someone that's been on the other end of the spectrum and is still learning a lot because that's what you do in professional wrestling. Okay, so Natty comes out. Let's get to the bulk of this. Natty comes out to the ring and she talks about having a dream about her dad congratulating her. And her dad, folks, it's been one year to this day that Jim the Anvil Nightheart passed away. And so for those of you who are booing her, wow, how how classless of individuals you are. That's, that's someone, okay, how would you feel if you were talking about your dead relative and the crowd just starts chanting boring? Granting, Okay, granted, Natalia really doesn't have much to uh, cheer about because she did lose an opportunity losing a submission match to the Disarmor to Becky Lynch. And then uh, out comes Sasha. 
I don't know about anybody else, but that was a shock because all of us thought she was going to AEW because she kept no, she actually complimented them on Twitter. So, you know, there's a big shock there. Maybe they renegotiated contracts. Maybe there was a lot of shit that went down. It don't matter. I'm glad she's back, but I'm also not really... I don't know. You'd be lying stage you're not enthused that she come back because putting Lacey Evans on the back burner for now, that's great. Or maybe they might use her. We don't know, folks. Lacey's on vacation. We haven't seen any tweets from her or any social media activity, so... I'd assume safe to say that, you know, Sasha may take the place of Lacey at Clash of Champions. She may not. But I do know one thing. The fans are happy to see her. They were cheering uh, quite ravishly. You know, when she attacked Natty, that's kind of a shocker there. That's the hometown girl that you're cheering against. But anyways, folks. I, you know, my take on Monday Night Raw is that it was much better than expected. You know, you had a main event that was a fantasy main event for quite a while. You had Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Fans have been wanting to see that for a very long time. And before I get into the Kofi uh, Randy rant, Lady Lynn, I just need your final thoughts on the main event for Monday Night Raw and all the run-ins that occurred afterwards, including... Um, Ricochet and Braun Strowman. What were your What was your takeaway from tonight's main event on Monday Night Raw? Well, B Train, if not for the BQ victory, I think you know it was a, overall it was a good match. And I have to say, I was stunned to shit that Rollins got back up in the form of Ricochet, and not only Ricochet, but the monster Braun Strowman. And I don't know about you, but I. I was I was a little bit a little bit scared when he uh, had the universal title and was handing it to Seth because oh I I don't know I thought for sure a running power slam was gonna follow up that handoff not a handshake like like he got but I I guess it's safe to say the monster has mad respect for Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I don't know, this show just keeps coming up with more and more surprises. Maybe it's the fact that Heyman is running the ship, is at the helm of the ship, is why Sasha came back tonight. Um, maybe it's the fact that people are more loose. I don't know. I'm not a part of the locker room. I couldn't tell you, sir. But I can't, uh, yeah, you can have your questions answered. Trust me. Tomorrow uh, during Tuesday, Russell Radio Network Tuesday edition. I'll be running that solo yet again uh, because I run Wednesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays solo from time to time. Granny Holster will come back, you know, but it's on occasion. And uh, trust me. It's going to be a party when we hit 4,000 and more. And I'm not going to quit at 4,000. I want five, six, no, 10,000 listens, and I'll get those listens. Trust me. Okay, folks. If you have small children, put earmuffs on them, please. 
Is it I hear that they repeat it to the principal of their school? You, the parents, can trust that you are going to get ripped a new asshole. Off the Rails Uncensored, a trademark show that was created in 2016. All rights reserved, creator Brian Rails. If you violate any or all of the guidelines, including the copyright, you owe me $45 for every use of the word off the rails, uncensored, or off the rails. Trademarked again, 2016. I do not own the rights to the following song, CFO, Glasgow Cross, Nikki Cross, producer Jim Johnson, World Wrestling Entertainment, All Rights Reserved, 2019, Incorporated. I do not own the likeness or rights to the theme produced, used every Monday or Tuesday nights. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to uh, explain my disdain for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Stand by for the craziness and uh, buckle up. Fuckers, because it's about to, uh, as always, get real. Dig it? Top 
to bottom. Am I one of those marks that likes to predict matches? No. I want to be told a story. So the story goes that they left off the page or the chapter for me to just be like, hmm. To be honest with you folks, I'm not really a huge Randy or Kofi fan. And no, that's going to be um, highly unpopular as well. Here's why. I, I just don't... Unless one of the New Day interfered in that match, I do not see Kofi Kingston walking out of that ring a champion. They could have added some intrigue to this match is what I'm saying. You know, they said, well, he works really hard. He's a great specimen. He's only six feet tall and 210 pounds. Actually, 212.2. Whatever. Am I going to base this off of looks? Uh, Randy Orton looks like a worker. He's skinny, too, but... I was looking forward to if they had a no disqualification match or a ladder match or a specialty match because, honestly, these two can put any audience. Well, it's like, well, Randy Orton, look, he has a cult following. I get it. So does Kofi Kingston. But the idea behind a championship match is so that you, a champion, and you, the challenger, can tell the audience exactly what your story is. I feel that if you were truly to tell us a story about what you guys were trying to convey to the audience, you would have done so within the first five fucking minutes. Instead, counter, 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 that's fine. And then RKO out of nowhere, or as Michael Cole said, my out of nowhere! <laughs> Now, look, Randy Orton has not evolved since 2004, but he still can be vicious and nasty if you just unleash him. Kofi Kingston has a nasty side to him, too. And this was in the fight, you know, on Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden when that match went all over the arena. That's the shit that needed to be seen. At the biggest party of the summer. Now, I could just give you my personal disdain for Kofi. What is that? Um, I don't think he is a believable champion. I hate to say this, but he's not a believable champion. And the woe is me shit is starting to get real old. Real quick. He won a championship, but for those of you who have forgotten... There have been other epic champions before Kofi Kingston. Let's face it, The Rock, Mark Henry, Booker T. There's three right there. So don't act like he's the first African-American champion. Uh Uh-uh, motherfuckers. And I'm going to touch on that real quick. You think for one second that people are going to not turn on Kofi like they did on Hogan, Flair, Piper. Piper was never a world champion, but they, you know, the people like to turn on people. The crowd was booing Kofi. Maybe because Canadians cheer a different way than most, but I'm just sick and tired of hearing the sob story of Kofi Kingston. 
please stop doing that shit. Like, honestly, he won a championship. You got a par to the generation that makes the audience. Let me explain something to you. If throwing pancakes to the audience is your forte of what a champion truly is in WWE, then my take on that is you can cheer for whomever you want. I'm just telling you my vantage point. I think that that match could have been a lot better and planned out a lot better. I don't like people being put inside a glass box and not being able to reach the pinnacle of their careers. You know, making it a good match is one thing. Making it a uh, what the fuck, they gave it a C minus. I'd have given that an F. That's just me. I think that you want my honest opinion. How many championship opportunities can Randy Orton get? Why? It's because he's a big name. He's he's a third-generation wrestler. And what he said in his promo about Kofi, probably, you know, in real life they're good friends, but in, in this sense, when you're trying to tell a story about professional, you know, in professional wrestling, because you have very, very picky audiences nowadays, they're going to always remember the double countout because Randy Orton briefly stared at one of Kofi's kids. And all of a sudden, you know, Kofi goes out to break the count. They end up in a fist brawl outside the ring. And ding, 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 10 count. And the crowd was chanting, bullshit, bullshit. If that tells you anything, folks, they're chanting that because the match should have extended. It should have been longer. Like, honestly, I'm getting sick and tired of having to point out the negative, but that's the one match that was the blemish on the on the good card at SummerSlam. I seldom fucking say that. That's so weird. SummerSlam was actually decent for the first time in years. Because I've been to several. And trust me, they're in my neck of the woods in Brooklyn. And Randy Orton was a part of one match with Brock Lesnar. And I don't think it has to be that style of match, but it was intense. Well, Randy got busted wide open by Lesnar, and it was just gross. I mean, he's he's been through some ringers, man. Uh, having a screwdriver on Jeff Hardy's earlobe, uh, pretending like he's breaking, uh, not pretending, but making sure that finger was well taken care of if you catch my drift with Jeff Hardy. I, I just want to point out, like, the track record of Kofi Kingston He won a championship at Mania 35, and I was glad that he did. Got the monkey off his back. It was a historical moment. However, the woe is me bullshit. You can actually use that to your advantage, man. You can actually uh, pawn up being a a heel. But how is that possible when everyone and their mother worships the ground that you walk on? Is it my jurisdiction to say, well, you should be heel, you should be babyface? No. All I'm saying is, I'm getting tired of hearing, well, he, you know, he had to suffer, and he had to fight for his right. Yes, what is he, Hulk Hogan? He had to fight, he had to overcome unsurmountable odds. Yes, there's no doubt about it that Kofi Kingston had to overcome odds to become a world champion. But now... The sob story is 
way too much. And yes, we realize new day rocks. Okay, I, I honestly, they're like, oh, sour grapes, you must not like new day. Well, I don't mind them. I mean, I've gotten Big E pictures with Big E several times. It's not them, it's their leader. But I think, you know, if you look at the championship match, it could have been much better. I'm disappointed in those two because they represent a brand that I loved and still love, SmackDown Live. So Kofi's going to retain every championship. Is that it? Is that why you brought Lesnar over to SmackDown Live, Yowza? So Randy can't beat him, but Lesnar can. Is that what you're trying to say? Is that what you guys are – because if so, is this going to be another triple threat match? Is is that what this is? I'm trying to you know, pinpoint what's going on, and I don't want to – Except the fact that Lesnar's going to SmackDown Live. Also, woo, enough of that rant for now. I'm just going to go back to it. But uh, Sasha Banks back on Monday Night Raw. Wow. Homegirl, what took you so long? From all the way from WrestleMania. So that's May, June, July, August, almost September. So four months. There must have been some serious negotiations between you and the and the back office. <laughs> but honestly, I'm glad you're back. Even though, you know, on a personal level, I really, like I said, I'm not going to hold anything back. After what you did to my cousin, I'm not going to forget. But boy, the point is, I'm glad you're back because now Lacey Evans has to take a fucking back seat. Here's a good thing about that, maybe not, but for the time being, I'm just happy that uh, you're here again because the women's division needed something. It needed a spark. And for Sasha to come back, more power to you, dear. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I I believe, folks, this is a good setup for Clash of Champions and maybe sooner. Sasha's probably gunning for Becky's title, duh. I think it's great, you know, the Kabuki Warriors are going after Bliss and, and Cross, but, you know, I think the question is, man, it wasn't about Sasha. You know, I think it is because she kind of grasped a lot of attention because nobody expected that to happen. I'm pretty sure they gained a lot of ratings or maybe it was still low, but I'm just, you know, there's a lot of shit going on right now in WWE. And back to the Kofi-Randy match. Yes, I believe it can get better between these two. And yes, yeah, I downed on Kofi a lot. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not a big Kofi fan. I really am not. And that's, you know, it's not going to affect how he thinks of doing things. It's really not. It's not going to affect how Big E and Xavier Woods think. But it does make you wonder, how long will Kofi last as champion? And will it be believable? Can he change our minds from a serious vantage point? Like, are you the for real number one player? Are you the MVP that you say you are? Because, look at here. All the names that you're beating 
are big times there, but you didn't beat Randy Orton. It was a double countout. So really, that victory never really happened. Also, <laughs> what kind of role are they giving Dolph Ziggler now? Are they giving him the Sami Zayn treatment or some? I hate to say that, but it's true because Sami Zayn keeps rolling over and getting pinned. One, two, three. Smojo, Sami Zayn tonight. Squash. Also, I'm very happy that the fiend. I'm going from topic to topic, but you know me by now. The Fiend, what a phenomenal gimmick that is, man. I'm loving every minute of it. I love unique gimmicks that bring about a presence to them, makes me want to buy your shirt, makes me want to get that lantern with that Bray Wyatt mask on it. I just do, I fell in love with Bray Wyatt's new stuff because it's very reminiscent of The Undertaker and The Undertaker's Urn. The creative, the Firefly is still there, the remix of Firefly by Mark Mancina. Phenomenal fucking entrance. What a way to cap off SummerSlam with that. But I'm going to get back to Kofi and Randy for a moment. Actually, I've been doing it for the last 17 fucking minutes, but here's the point I'm trying to make. I ain't a big fan of either. I like Randy. I don't mind Kofi, but at the same time, it's just like he won a championship. Now it's over, right? So he held it for May, June, July, August. Four months, folks, he's held that championship. Can he hold the championship with names like the names of The Miz or Ziggler or anybody that comes after that championship? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll be willing to say that if Kofi, you know, can prove anybody wrong, it's moi, been proven wrong before. Um, If he keeps that championship for an extended period of time, I'm going to just, he's got to lose sometime. He's not going to lose it till Mania. Uh, That's funny, dude. I don't know. He might lose it sooner. He might lose it at Clash of Champions. I don't fucking know. But if he retains against Lesnar at Clash of Champions, it just stated on CBS Sports, Sportscadia, and also multiple news sources that Lesnar is headed to SmackDown Live. So he can't win a championship. Or actually, he can. But he got tired of Monday Night Raw, so he found a new playground to play in. Son of a bitch. The one time that I want Lesnar to just not be there at all, he now has to go after another champion that everyone's going to be like, well, if Lesnar wins, you know, we're not going to watch. Great. Thanks for plummeting SmackDown ratings even more. I mean, they're at a, they are at a 2.9, folks, but we're going to get into ratings and logistics and, and statistics later on. You know, I can bore you to death with my mathematics, although I suck. I'm not a math magician. However, I do know numbers when it comes to TV ratings, what draws, what doesn't draw. I have my sources. We all have sources. I scream, you scream, y'all scream for the fiend and his ice cream. Well, that kind of sounded reverse. But uh, anyway, folks, the last 20 seconds I'm going to just put out there. Uh, let's see here. Catch me on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Off the rails uncensored. 
on Wednesday, Tuesday, regular time at 5.30 p.m., you know, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Central. So love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Keep the listens coming. And uh, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails has to say or had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, then you can call me what you will, but don't call this lady crazy. Don't, folks. I've seen it. It's kind of um, kind of a lost cause if you try. But anyways, folks, thank you for tuning in. We love you all. I got to get some shut-eye before this nasty humid heat pops up in the morning. Be safe. Drink a lot of water. Have a nice day, night, whatever. Toodles, bitches. I got to sleep. Dig it.